You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Freedom Part 2. Enjoy. Let's get into the Word. Thank you, band, so much. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for this time together. Yes, hallelujah. Lord, we're just sitting at your table this morning and we're hungry. We want to eat fresh, hot Jesus. The world has zero answers for us. Humanistic reason has zero answers for us. We need the way, the truth, and the life, and we come before you humbly to fully embrace who you are, to fully eat your word, to take your word at face value, and to apply it to our lives, to declare that you are our Father, you are our God. Every word you've spoken is true. We thank you, Lord, that your word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And we receive your word this morning. Lord, we prepared our hearts this week to receive your word. (sighs) We submit to you, Holy Spirit, you're the author of life. There is nothing bad. No evil dwells with you. You've never done anything wrong to anyone. And with an open heart and boldness, we come before you this morning. And we receive the life you've purchased for us. And we take bites and chew on fresh hot Jesus this morning. And we thank you for healing in our bodies, for soundness of mind, for your peace guarding our hearts and minds as a garrison. And we thank you for giving us revelation and vision and clarity for your plan and purpose for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Boy, there are things that have been stirring me, really starting at the beginning of this year. Do you remember I said 2020 is the year of taste and see? And you know, I was blessed. Uh, my son was making a video and, and, uh, on his YouTube channel, and I was just checking it out. And, uh, you know, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying, but it, it blessed me because he said, you know, it's been a good year. And most people would say, are you nuts? And that reveals what you're looking at and what you're believing. Taste and see, not that the world is good, that the Lord is good. Have you tasted it? Are you eating Him daily? Listen, here's your table. Here's your diet of the best food you could ever eat. It's all in here. If you don't have a hard copy Bible and you're not eating the promises of God, you are malnourished and you're not seeing straight. This has been an awesome year. God has shown me things I've never seen before in the Word of God. He spoke to me in deeper ways than I've ever known. He's unveiled things to my heart, and I'm just speechless sometimes. Taste and see that the Lord is good. But you've got to make up your mind to fix your attention on Him. Because if you're basing the quality of your life on what's going on in the world I don't know really what to tell you. You may as well play the lottery. Because this world is lost, right? The world is confused. The world's in darkness. We're talking about freedom. We started last 
uh, Sunday when we were celebrating the, in, the freedom of our nation and the independence of America. Is it 244 years now? Six years to go to 250. But let's get right in the Word. I, I hope you're ready. I hope you've been grooming your garden and preparing your heart because God has a fresh, hot word for you that will set you free and bring you into a new level of life. But listen, you've got to receive it. He can't prepare your heart for you. You've got to, to trust Him. You've got to cultivate a, a, a relationship with Him and let His Word sink down into the core of you so that when you come into this house, you can take full advantage of what He's prepared for you. When I know I'm going somewhere to have a delicious meal, I've been there before, I, I don't stuff myself that day. In fact, I might like eat a little teeny bit for breakfast and maybe a little bit for lunch, but I want a, I want a voracious appetite when I go to that place because I know what I'm about to get is good. I prepare myself to partake of the food that I know has been prepared for me. Hallelujah. See, uh, you know, have you guys ever seen the movie, uh, what's it, The Little Robot? Um, futuristic. Wally. You guys ever seen Wally? Yeah, a lot of truth in Wally. And people have become lazy because they've been told by their government the government's going to take care of you and prepare everything for you. And they just float around in, in, in hovering chairs and, and, and they can't even walk anymore because they've been conditioned by man's wisdom. God has prepared a table before you, but He invites you to come, but He won't make you come. Jesus has never forced anything on anyone, and he never will. And that's what, what man, man tells you to just wait around for, for God to come, and, and maybe he'll show up or wait for something to happen. But Jesus says, come, follow me. Get up. Let's go. Let's go. Take me at my word. Come on. Let's go. We've got things to do. We've got a destiny to fulfill. Take me at my word. Let's go. Man doesn't know what to do with, with faith, with the Word of God. Because, you know, when you step out in real faith, there's no turning back. Faith erases your options. Glory to God. It does. When you take God at His Word, you've just left every other option. Real faith. Bible faith. I'm talking about Bible faith, not man's version of faith. Faith is being sure and certain. When I take God at His word, I love the translation. What was it that uh, Brother Jim Hockaday shared? I can't remember the name of it. Uh, of Hebrews 11.1. 1, Faith is betting your life on the unseen realities of God. That's, that's what walking with Him is. I left all options in 1989 at the age of 19. I left every option I had and I said, Jesus, you're mine. And I'm yours. Let's go. There's no other way to follow him. If, if you have a backup plan, you're not following him. Let's be real. Come on, let's get into real Jesus. Let's get into all the way with Jesus. I don't like mediocrity. Medi I don't like, like things that are just, you know, you want to eat something. I, I, I like my meals hot. My wife knows. I mean, I want it piping, steaming hot. I bite into something that's room temperature. I'm like, 
Right? I got to prepare myself for that. If you've got other options other than what God has said, you're not following Him. I told you we're going higher. You can play games with the world, but I'll tell you what, if you want to know Him as He is, you've got to take Him at His word at face value. God, if you said it, I'm on it. I believe it, and I'm moving in that direction from now on. We're talking about freedom, and I gave you four definitions of freedom last Sunday. I don't want to read you Galatians 5.1. We're going to read those definitions. I'm going to give you a new one today. Galatians 5.1, freedom. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm. That's a decision you got to make. You have to decide to stand firm on what God has said. No one can do this for you. We can encourage you, we can, we can pray for you, but you've got to make a decision. I'm going to stand on what God has said and no one's going to move me from it. Standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. What does this mean? It was for freedom that Christ set us free. If you don't know what freedom is, you won't understand what Christ came to give you. I gave you four definitions of freedom that the Lord gave me just a couple weeks ago. Number one, what is freedom? What did Christ come to give me? Number one, unrestricted access to God. Unrestricted access to God forever. Number two, I'm just going through these. We went through them last week. We're not going to take time on them today. Unhindered fellowship with God. It was for unrestricted access to God that Christ set you free. It was for unhindered fellowship with God that Christ set you free. Number three, union. Oneness with God. It was for union with God. It was so you could enjoy unity, oneness with God that Christ set you free. And number four, the divine right to daily experience and enjoy God's glory. It was for the divine right to daily experience and enjoy God's glory that Christ set you free. Okay? I hope you wrote those down, and I hope you're meditating in the Scriptures in the meal that you're given every week. I, and and I, I want to say this to you because I, I want you to know how to eat. I'm telling you, for the last 30 years, when I come to church, I'm a wild man with Jesus. Uh, like, you can't get in my way. I'm going to have Jesus, and I don't care what you think. I'm, I'm trying to cultivate a, a, a passion in you to eat him. I mean, I can't get enough of his word. I, I, when I, when I, when I, I, and I would search for churches that weren't going to give me religious tradition. They were going to teach me that healing has been provided for in the atonement, the fullness of the gospel, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, everything that I see in the scriptures. And when I found a place like that, man, they couldn't keep me away. 
I planted myself there. I came with my hard copy Bible and I came and I listened and I meditated and I wrote down the scriptures and I went home that Sunday and I, I back in the day, I'd have to get a cassette tape or a CD. I'd get it and I'd listen to it over and over again and I'd go through the scriptures at home alone and I'd flip through my hard copy Bible and I, I said, oh, okay, wait a minute. Hey, that looks like Isaiah. Wait, that looks like Galatians. Wait, that looks like Ephesians. Wait, that looks like Ezekiel. And I'd put it all come together. This is how you eat him. You're coming to eat. We're not coming for religious tradition. We're not coming to, to be part of a social group. We're coming to eat. We're coming to experience Jesus. But you're the only one who can open your mouth and put your food in. And you're the only one who can chew your own food. I can't chew for you. You've got to decide to chew, to eat. Come with your hard copy Bible. I, I, get the word inside of you so that you will not be moved by what's going on in the world around us. Hallelujah. And man, I'm telling you, there are messages now. We have digital our podcasts. I've got MP3s on my phone. I will listen to those messages. There's messages I'm listening to from years ago. Years ago, and I mark them and I save them because I know the revelation that is in them because I'm, I'm eating Jesus regularly and I just go over that and I listen to that and it makes me strong and enables me to recognize fear when it tries to enter my life. It enables me to stand strong in the midst of a challenging situation and move forward. Many believers are trying to have faith. They're trying to be well, but they haven't eaten the Word on a regular basis. I don't care how much you're exercising. If you don't have an intake of nourishment, you're going to crash. And there's a lot of believers exercising, but they have no intake of the Word. And as a result, they're, 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 they're crashing. They're weak spiritually. And they're moved by different doctrines and ideas and philosophies. But, but they haven't eaten. They haven't said, Lord, you said it. I believe it. And, and just meditate on it. When, when Adam fell, he went from revelation to natural figuring things out. He went from spiritual eyes open to in the dark. He went from, from God said it to what's that mean? How's that work? Let me analyze that for the next three generations. God will save you so much time and energy if you'll just take him at his word. See, when I know he's good, and I know he, he is who he says he is, I can believe him. I don't need to know all the details. Hallelujah. Are you ready for another definition of freedom? Hallelujah. Write it down. Get it inside of you. This is fresh. This is, this is like the red light on it, Krispy Kreme, right? You know what that means? Fresh donuts. Here they come. Ready? It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Freedom is being empowered by the Holy Spirit to live out your God-created identity. What is freedom? Being empowered by the Holy Spirit to live out your God-created identity. Being empowered by the Holy Spirit.
Spirit to live out your God-created identity. You could say it this way. Being empowered by the Holy Spirit to be your God-created self. Being empowered by the Holy Spirit to be your God-created self. It's why Christ set you free. So the real you could come alive. The you that God designed before the foundation of this world could come alive and live strong. You say, well, won't I, won't I just naturally be my God-created self? Doesn't it just happen? No. Nope. Not possible. Without faith in Christ. There's only one way for the real you to come alive. Only one. We're not talking about religion. We're not talking about a dogmatic doctrine. We're just talking about truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I just believe that. And all of a sudden, a whole new world opens up. I understand you, you want to research, you want to study, you want to figure things out. That's good. I, I've done a ton of studying, ton of research, ton of reading. But there comes a point when you've you got to decide, am I going to take him at his word? Because you can study for the rest of your life and miss your destiny. And I am telling you, we are moving fast in these days. The kingdom of God, I'm telling you, the decisions God has led me to in the last six months have been big. And I'm not going to share them yet. And that's some of the stuff I won't be able to share for years. But I'm telling you, things are happening fast in this day we're living in. And if you, you're going to get stuck on the side of the road and the bus is going to take off, that bus being your destiny. Because the devil's going to get you all tangled up in trying to figure why and where and when and how and who. Why don't we just naturally become our God-created self? Why doesn't it just automatically happen? Well, man separated himself from God. It's called sin. And you, if you've been here, you know we are not sin-conscious people. But we do know what sin is. <laughs> we don't go around thinking about it. We're not conscious of it. But we understand what it is and how to be free from it. There's a difference. You want to know what sin is, and you want to be free from it. All right? So sin is simply defined as missing the mark. As if you were a, you know, a, an archer, and you shot at the target, and you missed the, the center. What is the mark that we missed? The nature of God. God, His Word, His life. His nature. We missed it when we rejected Him. And all of us have done it. All of us have missed the mark. We might as well just be honest, right? And instead of trying to pretend that we haven't, all of us have sinned and come short of our God-created selves, of who God called us to be. And that's okay because He provided a way out, right? We acknowledge the sin, the, the missing it, 
And the other reason, and we're going to get into the, the, uh, the solution for this. Jesus is the solution for both of these. So sin is the first reason that you can't just whatever will be will be. Okay? The second reason is wrong thinking. We've been inundated by the enemy, spirits of darkness, and the wor- this world system to think ungodly to think in ungodly ways. And we get rewarded for it by the world. They'll give you a degree in ungodliness. Oh, yeah. You can have a doctorate in it, and they will applaud you. They might even give you a salary and a position, and you can write papers on how to be ungodly. You can publish them and, and get a lot of people to read them. But there's two reasons we can't just let whatever will be will be because of sin and wrong thinking. And Jesus is the answer to both of these. Isn't that awesome? There is a solution to sin. You don't ever have to let sin trip you up again. Isn't that awesome? Your God-created self was trapped in bondage to sin and wrong thinking. It may still be trapped. I'm not sure where you're at. But before we come to Christ, the real us is is trapped. It is. It's trapped under the oppression, the, the confusion, the condemnation of sin, and it's trapped under wrong thinking. Christ, in Galatians 5.1, did what He did so that the real you could come alive, be free, and flourish. So make no mistake, the sin problem has been solved for anyone who would believe on Jesus Christ. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ... Sin has lost its power in your life. It has. That doesn't mean you're never going to make a mistake again. But sin loses its hold on you. And the more you get to know Him, the more you eat His Word and take Him at His Word, the stronger you become and, and the weaker temptations will become. There are, there are I mean, all the, the biggies that just aren't a temptation to me. At one point in my life, 30-some years ago, they may have been. But they're not anymore. Because His Word makes us strong, impervious to temptation. That hasn't been preached enough. What people have preached is that you're a sinner saved by grace. That's not the gospel. The gospel is we all were sinners, but we're saved by grace, so now we're the righteousness of God in Christ. The power of sin's been broken. Read through Romans. You're dead to sin. You're alive to God in Christ. Just like Jesus, we we live in newness of life. So Christ came so that the sin problem would be solved and your mind could be renewed with the truth of who He is and who He made you to be. That's freedom. You're free from sin in Christ and you're free from dark ideas. You're free from the bondage of wrong thinking in Christ. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
I'm so glad we're free from religious tradition. We're free from the fear of man. Hallelujah. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Classic Translation. For we are God's, now this is written to believers now. These are people who've put their faith in Jesus Christ. They're born again. We are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, look at this word, recreated in Christ Jesus. When you put your faith in Christ, you're born again. We're going to see that in just, we're going to get a few verses here. Recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. See, the real you died when sin came. The real you had to be brought back to life through the sacrifice of Christ. Born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined. What's that mean? Planned beforehand, that's all. For us taking paths which He prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. Years ago, we'd go over this scripture at the breakfast table, and Dana would get excited. She'd say, this is my favorite verse. She loved the part that said, born anew that we may do. I think because it rhymed. That's why she liked. (laughs) Born anew that we may do, that we may act on what God has said. That we would not be afraid anymore. That we would take back what belongs to us. That we would possess our mountain and possess our land. Possess the healing and righteousness that God gave us. The Passion Translation says it like this. We have become His poetry. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny He has given each of us. Come on, are you going to fulfill your destiny? You're the only one that can decide that. For we are joined to Jesus, the Anointed One. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Listen to me, you were made for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is your native environment. Help us, Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is your native environment. Sin removed us from that. Christ came, and through faith in Him, He brought us back into the kingdom of God. Jesus came, He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Change your thinking and believe the good news. Hallelujah! Listen now. By listening to wrong voices, we've all done it, we left our native environment, the kingdom of God. We traded the kingdom of God by choosing sin. We traded the kingdom of God 
for a visa into darkness. A passport into confusion. That's what we do. When we don't take God at His word, we're, we're, we're trading what He said for darkness. All Adam had to do was believe Him. That's all he had to do. God can't lie. But what, what turned Adam in a completely different direction? Wrong voices. He began to esteem other voices above the voice of his father. And I've seen this happen over and over and over again in the last 30 plus years in the body of Christ. Where someone's going in one direction and some, some other voices try to get in there. And they start considering them. And they don't get into the Word and settle what God has said. And, and, and all of a sudden a year goes by, two years go by, three years, and they're in a whole different place. And not the place where they were destined to be that God made for them. We traded, we left our native environment, and we took the devil's passport into confusion and darkness when we rejected the Word of God. I hope you can hear what I'm saying. Acts chapter 26, verse 18. Man, this verse changed my life. And, and the Holy Spirit was speaking to Paul. Man, get in the Word. It's so good. Get in the, I love Acts. So you're reading through Acts. That's our one a day. We're in Acts right now, right? Almost, almost done. Right? Hallelujah. But Acts gives us summaries of the gospel. You'll see Peter and Stephen and, and different summaries of the gospel in Acts. And it's so powerful. But here, God is speaking directly to a man he's called to be an apostle. He's speaking to Paul. And he's telling him what he's called him to do. And listen to what he says in verse 18 of Acts 26. He said, I've called you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. You can't read in the dark. Have you ever been in, in, in like a, a room completely sealed from the light? You can't see anything. That's what it's like when you don't know the Word of God. You can't see anything. You can't. You, you are, you are, you are uh, visionless if you don't know the Word of God. I cannot emphasize the importance of having a hard copy Bible. And I see so many people going through life without it. And I know the Bible's been ridiculed and, 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 and tried, so many civilizations and nations have tried to remove it from the earth. But guess what? It's still here. There's no book like this book. I'm telling you, if you'll get in it, you'll see things you could never have seen or understood that only come just by you alone opening this book, reading it, and believing it. I'm telling you, it's that simple. There is no other book that has more controversy around it than this one. Hello. What is that? A strategy of the enemy to keep you from reading it. 
well, I don't know if it's true. Well, there are contradictions in it, and this can't be. Why is that? Well, that's the strategy. It's the Word. It's a living book, man. It will show you Christ. Your destiny is in these pages. I don't know how God does that, but he'll take a, a word that was spoken thousands of years ago, and it's exactly what I need, specifically what I need for this moment in my life. Don't miss out on this vision, on the 2020 vision that God has for you. Turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan. Satan and darkness go together. Satan and controversy go together. From the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins. See, that's why Jesus could extend forgiveness in His ministry because the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the world. Forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by believing me. <laughs> That's all I got to do, yeah. When you put your faith in Christ, your citizenship in the kingdom of God is restored. And your visa into darkness is canceled. You are now a citizen of the kingdom of God. John chapter 3. You know what? Do you have John 3, Dan? I think I gave you the wrong scriptures. John 3, we're starting in verse 1. John 3, 1. Jesus begins talking about coming into the kingdom. You know, the kingdom of God can be all around you and you can't see it. You can't discern it. You can't perceive it if you haven't been born again. John uh, is writing of Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus by the Holy Spirit. In verse 1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. This wasn't just a, a, a bub that stood on the corner. This was a, a ruler of the Jews. This was a highly uh, educated, credentialed teacher of the Scriptures. An expert in the law. Okay? This man came to Jesus by night and he said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, it's a term of respect. We know that you are a teacher. Why'd you come to him at night, I'm wondering? Fear of man. That simple. I'm telling you, fear of man is one of the greatest traps I know. Why are you afraid of what people will think about you because you believe God? Why would you let that stop you from believing God? No one can do for you what He can do for you. No one's done for you what He's done for you. He made you. He's completely for you. Your friends are not completely for you. They're not. You keep going, you'll see what I'm talking about. Very few people you'll find in your life that are totally for you. Very few. 
A lot of people will laugh and hang around with you for a while. But as time goes on, you'll see what being totally for you means. This man came to Jesus by night. Darkness attracts darkness, right? Darkness wants to stay in the dark. Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. You know, as I look at Nicodemus as he went on, I think there was some, he, there was some part of him that really wanted to know God. Jesus answered and said to him, I love this, most assuredly, I say to you, he doesn't even say, well, thank you for those compliments. You know, that's very nice of you to say so. Oh, how you're making me feel good. Flattery means zippo. The moment someone starts flattering you, guard your heart. It means nothing. That's the enemies. Enemies trying to butter you up. They don't know you. They don't care about you. They don't know the, the gifts inside of you. They can't understand you. They don't know what you've been through. Jesus doesn't buy it. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, that can also be translated born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Darkness. God's moving to my life and I can't even see it. It feels like he's nowhere to be found. See, what religion has done is taken that verse and said, Jesus is talking about going to heaven someday. No, he isn't. He's talking about knowing God now, experiencing God now. He's saying, unless you're born again, you cannot perceive, you cannot recognize, you cannot experience, you cannot understand the kingdom of God. That's a big deal. That I want to be born again. <laughs> right? I need to be born again then because I want Jesus and I want to see and understand and perceive what he's doing in my life. The Passion Translation says, before a person can perceive God's kingdom realm. Can you put that up there? Do you have that one? Before a person can perceive God's kingdom realm, they must first experience a rebirth. This is why the God-created you doesn't just happen. You've got to be born again. You need a rebirth. We've separated ourselves from God through our sin, but He came so that we could be reunited, reborn, become a citizen of God's kingdom, and understand and perceive God in our lives. Then Jesus went on to say in verse 6, this is New King James Version, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. And I remember reading this for the first time at the age of 19 in 1989. I didn't know these scriptures, and I read it, and I said, okay, then that's what I'll do. It's that simple. I'll take him at his word. 
I must be born again if I want to know you. Why would I ever argue with what God said? I want him. I fully embrace what he said and what he's done. He's righteous and just in all his ways. He's perfect love. He's pure light. He cannot lie. So I just believed him. And I was born again. At the age of 19, I became a citizen of the kingdom of heaven because I simply read it and I believed it. And the real me came to life. Now, thank God I had a good friend in my life who was helping me uh, go through the scriptures. And I went to a a good uh, church who was teaching me the Bible and not the doctrines of men. Hallelujah. So listen, if you want to live out your God-created identity, if you want to be your God-created self, there are two things that you must do, and we talked about these last week, two actions that you must take and that no one can do them for you. Firstly, you've got to put your faith. Everybody has faith. It's not a question of having it. It's a question of who you put it in. You take the faith that you have right now and you transfer it from whatever you were putting it in. might be yourself, might be your history, your family, your education, your job, your friends. And you take it and you put it in Jesus Christ. And you believe that he is who he says he is. You accept him as the way, the truth, and the life. That's step one. You've got to be born again. The moment you put your faith in Christ, you're born again. Do you know that? It's, it's not something you have to, you know, grab a ticket and wait for your name to be called. The moment you put your faith in him, you're born again. And then the second thing is you've got to renew your mind with the Word of God. Now, don't get mad at me, but this region of the nation has a hard time with this. This northeastern region, especially Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, have a real difficult time with taking God at His Word. Because you have been taught that what you think is the truth. That's not true. I can believe all I want in something that's not true. It doesn't make it true. Jesus, truth is a person. What I believe doesn't make something true. It determines how much truth I'm going to experience. Okay? Truth is a person. He's not a philosophy. It's not an idea. It's not a religion. Jesus said, I'm the truth. Truth is the person of God. There are regions of this nation and regions of the world that are inundated with satanic thinking. This is one of them. It's amazing the things I've seen here in the last 20-some years. And people are blind to the kingdom of God. Because of the wisdom of man, they've embraced. Just being real with you. Okay? Being real with you. There are strongholds in this area that will come down when you believe the Word of God. What's a stronghold? It's a pattern of thinking that's that's been allowed to continue in your mind that you've accepted for weeks or even months or even years. 
sometimes decades. That's what a stronghold is. So if you want to live out and be your God-created self, you've got to put your faith in Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the life. When you do that, you're born again. But then you've got to let God change your thinking. You've got to forsake the wisdom of man and embrace the wisdom of God. Woo, there's resistance to that in this area. I'm just being real with you. Resistance, resistance, resistance. But it's so simple. Are you all right? Yep. Raise your hand. We went and took the kids to Mammoth Cave. Yep. Kentucky. Mammoth Cave? Yeah. What he's talking about is like when you're down there and they turn off the lights, you see what? Nothing. That's right. Zilch. But if we keep walking, we can see there's a light maybe over in that direction. What Joseph's describing is that this type of mindset that I know, I'll discover, I'll know, I'll decide what I know is my truth. It's like I will do everything to look at every dark corner in that cave and explore every dark corner and ignore that light. Mm -hmm. I will reject that light. I will not go and I've rejected it and I'm exploring every dark thing and think I know yeah. everything. But what you're expert in are these dark corners, right? Yeah. But what if you went to that light? What if you decided, like Joseph said, to forsake everything yep, else? absolutely. Forsake all these dark corners. I know there's a lot of corners and lots of little things. Oh, yeah. Cave, but what if I decided to forsake all of this and go for that light? When I get to the light, what happens to it? Woo! It's bigger. Getting bigger. Brighter. Yeah. When I exit this darkness, there's even more out there to explore Ooh. than I've ever even considered. Yes. Because I've been down here busy in this little dark cave. So as you talk about this, is just bubbling up inside yeah. here. So I yeah. come share what you're talking about is yeah. people who are satisfied to explore all the darkness, rejecting yeah. all the while, and the kingdom of God is outside yeah. and way out beyond. So yeah, that's so good. Let's look at Romans 10.9. Thank you, Jennifer. That's so good. Look at this scripture. Do you realize to follow Christ is to reject every other philosophy? Every other philosophy. And there's a ton of them, more than you can ever research. To follow Christ is to reject every other philosophy. And humanistic philosophies are prevalent in this region of our nation. A lot of them. Romans 10, look at this now. <laughs> that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One translation says, if you confess Jesus as Lord, this says the Lord Jesus. Why does it say the Lord? What does that mean? What is the term if someone is a Lord? What, what do they have? They have authority. It's a term of authority. Why do I have to 
recognize Jesus as Lord. Listen to me. Freedom is not living in the absence of authority, but living under Christ's authority. I hope you're receiving this. I'm not trying to put anyone down. I'm talking about ideas. I love this region of our nation. I love all the way from the tippy top of Maine, all the way down to the, the, the southern border of Connecticut. I love this region of our nation. I've been living here for 20-some years, been hollering at the patriots and rooting for them for a long time. Pat's fan. I'm talking about ideas. You gotta, and you start seeing these things. When you confess Jesus as Lord, faith, freedom, go together. Freedom is not living in the absence of authority. It's living under Christ's authority. Hallelujah. And when you're accepting Jesus, you're saying, Jesus, you are now the authority in my life. Jesus, Lord, I choose to make you Lord, my ruler. My king, the, if you say it, I believe it. I don't care who rejects me. I don't care what controversy comes about. Jesus, I accept you as the way, the truth, and the life. Listen to me. There is no neutral zone where there is no authority. It doesn't exist. There isn't. There are only two authorities active in the earth. The authority of Christ and the authority of darkness. And the devil stole that. The authority the devil had, he's the God of this word, he stole from Adam. The God of this world, excuse me. Hallelujah. This is how Colossians says it in chapter 1, verse 13. It says, Jesus, for he rescued us from the domain. That's a term of authority. You understand that? Yeah. A king has a domain. Jesus said Satan is the ruler yeah. of this world. He's rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. There is no neutral zone. You've got to understand that. You're either under Christ's authority or you're under Satan's authority. I've got to tell you that's all there is. And if, if man's word and wisdom is what you're going with, you're putting yourself under the domain of darkness. Because man can't save you. Just being real. This is ABC, hello, do you want to be free stuff? There are two realms, not three. There are two authorities, not three or four. There is the authority of darkness and there is the authority of Christ. When you put your faith in Christ, you've got to say, Jesus, you are now my authority. If you haven't said, Jesus, Lord, you haven't accepted him. Because that's who he is. He cannot be an unking. He can't just be a, a buddy. He's the king. If you accepted him, you've got to accept him as the king. 
as the supreme authority, as the way, the truth, and the life. He can't be anybody else. That's who he is. Why would I want to make him something different than who he is so I can feel comfortable? That's not love. I want my wife to be the person God made her to be, not the person I want her to be. Love is that way. Love, real love, wants you to be your God-created self. There are two realms, two authorities. Now, isn't this interesting? So you're putting your faith in Christ, and then, man, you are on the Word like bees on honey. You're in this book. You are in it. I'm amazed that Christians tell me that that I'll share a scripture with them and they've never heard it before. You haven't read that? How long you know Jesus? What did Jesus say so many times? Have you not read? Have you not read? What's he doing? He's expecting us to read it. Hello? Have you not read? Why haven't you read? You really believe social media is more important than reading this? Are you kidding? Hello? If you're spending more time on social media than reading this, something's wrong, friend. I'm just being real with you. You're going to get deceived. You need this. You can toss social media. You need this. You can't toss this. You can't toss this. Your life is in this book. Your future and destiny are on these pages, man. Have you not read? So then you you put your faith in Christ. You say, Jesus, you're now the authority of my life. You're now my Lord. You're my King. What you say goes with me, and I don't care what anyone else has to say. And then you get in this book, and you start letting the Word of God change your thinking, renewing your mind. Come on, can we go to Romans Romans 12 here? And we're going to finish up. Romans 12. Verse 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world. How are you conformed to this world? You accept what people say. And, and, and you let what people say shape and mold you. It's pressure from the outside shaping and molding you. It's you afraid and, and trying to fit in and accepting what people say because you're afraid of what others think of you and you're scared of how people will respond. If you just tell them the truth and speak the gospel, so you try and give a try and rework the gospel so the people won't respond adversely to it. People need this, not a modified version that makes them feel comfortable. We don't need to be comfortable, we need to be set free. Bondage is uncomfortable, darkness is uncomfortable, light is light brings life and joy and peace. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transformed is when the life of God inside of you transforms you from the inside out. Metamorphosis. That's where we get our word metamorphosis. We've talked about this before. Do you know, when I was a kid, we used to love to catch tadpoles. 
tadpoles go through a metamorphosis. Do you know that? I don't know why. I mean, we, just, we just catch them by the net full. And yet they lived, they could only survive in the water. In one realm. That was their realm. But mature adult frogs could go anywhere. What was the difference between a tadpole and a frog? A metamorphosis. They went through the metamorphosis of change. And now they could function in both realms. See, when you allow God to renew your mind with His Word, a transformation will take place inside of you and you will be able to function in this world, but you won't be of it. You'll be able to walk with Christ victoriously in the midst of this world, but this world will not be able to influence you. But you've got to be committed to know Him, committed to take Him at His word. Hallelujah. What's the difference between a tadpole and a frog? Same creature. Same creature. But one is mature and one is not. The world has had enough of immature Christians. Acting just like they act. They need to see some Jesus people. Some people who know who they are and know who God is and aren't moved by every wind of doctrine. And who are walking with God in the center of God's plan for their lives. Who know a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. People walking in the light of life. And that's you. That's you. We meditate in the Word of God until it becomes so real to us, we do it. We do. Listen, don't be hard on yourself if you're doubting or questioning or waving. Cure yourself of doubt by getting in the Word. Meditate in the Word till that doubt's all gone. Doubt wants you to quit. Well, this didn't work and that didn't happen and you tried that before. Just get in the Word till that's all gone. It will. Doubt will go when this begins to grow in you. It will. Let the word, meditate in the Word of God. Let it grow in you until you're cured of doubt. Until you can get up out of the water and come on land and breathe the fresh air of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. God's Word in our minds God's word in our hearts, God's word in our mouths makes us strong. It builds us up. It matures us to the point we actually begin doing it. It does. Don't rob yourself of the food you need to eat to become mature in Christ. Hallelujah. Father, thank you 
for your word today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us the nourishing meal that we need when we gather in your presence. Lord, we worship you. Oh, hallelujah. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. We declare you Lord over us. You're the authority of our lives. We forsake all else. And we choose to follow you. We forsake every other philosophy, all other wisdom, and we embrace you fully. Because you are who you say you are. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom you purchased for us to become our God-created self, to walk in our God-created identity, to live the good life that you've made ready for us to live, to walk on the path you've prepared for us, to, to inhale and exhale joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for those that are here this morning. I pray, Father, you would strengthen them today. May they take a little time today to get alone with you. To open your book and to let you speak to them. Help us to embrace your thoughts. To think your thoughts after you. To renew our minds and to let who you are transform us into the people we were made to be. We give you full right away. We give you permission to change us. We say yes to the metamorphosis of your word in us today. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.